Wow, what a night Sunday was. Week two of Drag Idol 2020. If you weren't there, my little petit poire fromage, you missed out. But that's why I'm here. Hello there, I'm the Velvet Snatch, and welcome to Oh Little Girl. That that sounds wrong. Uh, that's a bit too bad touch, Uncle. Uh, maybe Oh Little Girl. Yeah, that might work. Oh Little Girl. Let me know which one you prefer on the socials and Instagram and all of that nonsense. I'll be here for the next few weeks with these little mini-episodes covering Drag Idol 2020. This week we had 13 contestants take to the stage to see if they can get through to the main competition next Sunday. It was supposed to be 14 contestants, but a queen called Sparkles dropped out last minute, I think. This week we had guest judge Peter Duran, in addition to regular judges Ophelia B, Air Penny T, DJ Chris Howe and Rusty. I'm going to say this, I don't envy them. The standard of performers in this second heat was noticeably higher than the week before, with some welcome surprises. Up first we had Aerie Labouche, which, if my tentative C in GCSE French doesn't fail me, stands for One Note Performance. <laughs> A new queen from Middlesbrough strutting onto the stage, rainbow bob wig, blue sequin dress, fairly reminiscent of Jerry Hallowell from the Spice Girls after the solo career had petered out. The judges were kind, but commented on there not really being any changes in the track, and while she used the space well, it kind of got tired after the first minute, or in Rusty's case, the first 30 seconds. Next up, there was a call for Sparkles, but who didn't make it to the stage, so we moved straight into Scarlett Johansson, a new queen from Gateshead. Moving onto the stage in full nun drag, spending a lot of time on the floor to start, but everyone's got a favourite position, don't they? Scarlet was then joined on stage by former Drag Idol finalist Latrine Lurker, who proceeded to intimidate her and eventually emulate killing her at the side of the stage. Scarlet was quickly back up uh, after a satanic twist in the track, dispatching Latrine and ending the routine with a dramatic, I suppose you could say it was a change of habit, uh, costume reveal into a Gargaresque black and silver number. Judges liked it, Penny T confidently stating that she'd see her in the next round. Next up we had Claudia Gabor, and what else can I say but 80s-tastic. She comes out in a leopard print dress with Care Bears-esque pink hearts on it to the song Gloria, but with the words mouthed as Claudia. Uh, the judges had sheets of paper given to them that when unfolded spelled out, you guessed it, Claudia. Uh, a really well-coordinated number that oozed professionalism. Uh, it made a point of acknowledging both the audience and the judges, Great reaction from the crowd, especially from a big Claudia fan club in the audience. Apparently they came on their own minibus from Middlesbrough to support Claudia, so any excuse to leave the place, I guess. Uh, a new local queen we've been fairly excited about, and a member of the DJ Collective came up next, uh, Phantasmagoria. Uh, young, very alternative, uh, Lolita-style bio-queen. As we've come to expect from her, the makeup and outfit were amazing and there was a nice creepiness to the performance that brought something different to the night. Uh, she had uh, an assistant on stage too who helped her with a, a steady outfit transformation into a black clawed horned devil look. Artistically, it was brilliant, but uh, I'm not sure if it was really holding the audience's attention. She didn't really use the stage too much uh, and the judges liked the look, but I think 
the performance felt a bit flat in their opinion. Like a Boy was next up after this. Really good look, uh, kind of a Gypsy Rose Lee meets Broadway Streetwalker look. Uh, David here from Girl described it as Takeshi's Castle drag, which... <laughs> Is worryingly accurate. Uh, according to a few people I spoke to on the night, they felt the lip sync could have been a bit better and the judges and audience didn't quite seem to understand the story or the connections between the tracks used. Uh, afterwards, the judges gave her a chance to explain what her performance was about and whether it was through stage fright or not being too sure herself. She stayed silent, um, which uh, Penny T criticised her for heavily. I like this one uh, as a spectacle, but in a competition, maybe it was a misstep. Uh, a stark contrast came up next. Returning 2018 finalist, uh, contestant in Vampers Tits 2019, Tragedy. What can I say? Just what we want from a drag idol performance. She used the stage to the fullest. She involved the judges and the audience. Uh, the routine was exactly what we expect from tragedy. A uh, cutesy baby doll beginning an outfit, revealing into a slutty daddy hunter crop top and miniskirt, getting guest judge Peter to... Um drink from her cleavage with a straw which was nice uh, the audience lapped it up and the pacing and variety of the track kept everyone engaged uh, I managed to get to speak to tragedy just before she went on here's what she had to say yeah. I want love I want love <laughs> yeah. uh, you're one of the contestants this year in Drag Idol 2020 uh, mentally defunct enough to do it a second time for some reason <laughs> don't know why but yeah what was the inspiration? Like, what brought you back to the competition? Did you see my final last time? That's the inspiration. I, I said already, I'm back to win, first of all, but I want to resume myself because last time, obviously, I did it. You know, it was it was like a roller coaster. It went up nice and slow and then fucking plummeted. So, you know, yeah, I'm back to show that I'm not shit, basically. Yeah. And how are you feeling about this week's performance? Because obviously you haven't performed yet. You know, are you confident? Mm, yeah, I'm confident. I like the idea I've got. I don't know how well the judges will like it, but then obviously it's impossible to predict. So, you know, they will take it how they take it. I mean, I'm not asked. If I go on week one, I go on week one. It's not the end of the world, is it? But at the same time, I, I, I don't know. I don't think that this would be one to send me home. But then no one ever does. Do you think the changes in judges is a bit weird? Because obviously we don't have, like, Miss Rory. Don't have Rory, yeah. Um, I mean, the show's a lot shorter because... Rory like you don't have Rory's I was going to say yeah <laughs> literally 30 minutes of the show gone uh, no to be honest I think Rusty's already doing a really good job standing in for Rory um, she I've known Rusty like years now and she's very similar to Rory in a lot of ways and by that I mean they're both cunts um, <laughs> uh, no but they're both really funny and they're both quick witted in that sort of intelligent reading kind of way which is great so I think she's going to do a good job filling her Filling in for her. Filling in yeah, for not her. filling her. Uh, next, there was a queen I hadn't seen before, uh, Roxy Tricks from Darlington. Blonde bombshell in a Diamante red dress. Wonderfully old school drag, uh, lip syncing to Diamonds are a Girl's Best Friend, a nice reveal to Tassel and a silver dress. The judges complimented her on an old school style, but I think Rusty was less accommodating, saying she puts the boar in board. I enjoyed this, but... I do kind of feel like I'd seen it a hundred times before. Hmm. Now, one of the ones I was really excited about was up next, Sissy Flew, contestant from last year that got through to the main competition but sadly had to drop out for mental health reasons. Uh, it was great seeing her on stage again and she brought it. 
plain and simple. Stepping out in a bizarre army camouflage look, complete with a camo anorak and two backing dancers. Uh, choreography was loved by the audience and there was a lot of nice self-deprecating humour that the judges loved. Huge cheers from the audience and uh, admittedly, the judges were a bit shocked at the glow up from what was already a good performance last year. It was probably the best coordination and production so far, in my opinion, but apparently the backing dancers missed a couple of moves and let her down, but I didn't actually notice, as my attention was on Sissy throughout. Rusty cheekily compared her look to infamous hack journalist Katie Hopkins, and got a well-deserved boo from the audience for it too. <laughs> Next up, what can I say, Miss Tesco? I'm tempted to not even describe this performance and let you just wait to see the video when it appears online, but I know that both Tess and her partner are avid listeners of GIRL and would never let me hear the end of it. So I caught up with Tess on the night before she went on to ask her how she was feeling and got this. Hiya. <laughs> Now, all right. <laughs> now, a lot of people will know you from uh, Central Bar. You're one of the contestants this week, so how are you feeling about tonight? Are you confident? I've had six nervous poos, to be fair. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've had a couple of drinks, but I'm not allowed any more because my drag counsellor is here. <laughs> Would you like a shout-out? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, that, that, that Welsh queen. No one knows who they are. They, that's really that's plot, that is. <laughs> yeah, that's me, that is. I've told her she's not allowed more than two pints, and if she does, I'll knock her out. What, is there a limit on nervous poos? No, no, she can, I've had them as well. <laughs> no, she can have as many as she wants. Earlier on, I was down at Central getting ready, and I got a taxi home because I was panicking. I watched Dancing on Ice, cried at the Titanic because it was night of the movies. So I had a bit of a panic. Calmed down, had me Sunday dinner, came back, and I'm ready to do it now. I think I'm ready, I think. Yeah. Hopefully. So, how did she do? Well, in short, it was amazing. Uh, a perfect performance that echoed the pacing, charisma, and comedy timing that made us fall in love with previous winners, such as Gladys Duffy and Theresa May. We all liked Tess on the scene, and she was really good in Vampus Tits 2019 until she foolishly dropped out to let my poor excuse for a sister, Velcro, back into the competition. Seriously, if coat hangers hadn't been so expensive in the 80s, I'd have been an only child. Tess played a gossipy checkout girl, chatting to the judges and repeatedly getting called back to a scanner on the other side of the stage. I'd known the performance was going to be supermarket themed, and I'd contributed some voiceovers myself, uh, but I'm so glad I turned it down. But I'm so glad I turned down hearing the full thing ahead of time, as the surprise was wonderful. The audience loved it, and it got our first standing ovation from the judges. The whole room was chanting a name. Uh, it was amazing. I loved it, but can I really describe it properly? I think I'll let some of the audience do that for me. I yeah. thought they were amazing. I've never smiled and laughed so much in a drag routine. Yeah. I like Tesco. Yeah, I like Tesco. Tesco, your favourite. Uh, it was just. It was madness. I was pulling the hell out. It was amazing. Like I was just like, came on. She was bipping things on a little fucking scanner thing. I supermarket checkout. Honestly, running around Tesco, getting me pop a dom, getting me chocolate beep, a beep, a beep. On the self checkout home. So good. And it was the um, Tesco's dress and I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, the big reveal to the so Tesco good. dress. Matching dress. Yeah. <laughs> I want Tesco's I'm dress. I'm going to go home and get my Tesco bags and make a B-Tech version. <laughs> I didn't have high expectations. I know that seems bad, but I really didn't. And she really surprised me tonight. And I, like, I went from just thinking she was funny in the central doing the shots 
you know, she'd like be outside reading everyone. It was really funny. I, I was like, she came on and then she started the routine. I was like, oh my God, like she, she really has, she could win the whole thing. As if that wasn't surprising enough, the next act was a shock to us all and probably the best kept secret of the competition so far. Regular on the Newcastle scene and artist behind the stunning Support Newcastle Drag artwork and limited edition t-shirt, available from badwerdo.com, Erin took to the stage as Frida Sophie. None of us knew about this in advance. There was a lot of gasps of, is that Erin? I'm pretty sure I heard Chewiza say that several times. Uh, apparently not even her other half knew that she was doing it, and it was only like Foking Dick and a few select others that knew about it. Uh, basically, she owned the stage physically, uh, and there were great spoken word sections about the perception and expectations of women in the modern day, interspersed with track choices such as Grown Woman by Beyonce. Very strong feminist message that went down really well with the audience. As the judges described her, she was a lip-sync assassin. As myself and a lot of other queens can attest to, getting the words right when miming to spoken word is very difficult. And she nailed it. Uh, a testament to the strength and diversity of the Newcastle scene that anyone is welcome and anyone can do drag here as part of Drag Idol. Then there was genocide. Now that's a phrase I didn't think I'd be saying on this podcast. A Scottish queen and close friend of fellow contestant Anita, when we'd seen Phantasmagoria earlier uh, and thought it couldn't get more alternative, this was where we were proved wrong. Genocide came out in hooded robes and uh, carrying a microphone and led us through a performance of growling death metal vocals with a scream killer mask and a hand puppet of Drew Barrymore. More phrases I didn't think I'd be saying today. I admittedly found my eyes wandering a bit throughout this as Judge Penny T's expression of shock and her constant shifting about in her chair was everything. Uh, at the end, I really didn't know whether she was going to say she hated it or that she loved it. Uh, we all found out at the end when Judge Penny T gave Genocide a standing ovation and praised them for the ability to come out and do live vocals like that. Genocide responded by flashing her ass to the audience, proving that it's true what Scotsmen keep up their black scream killer robes. Yet more phrases. Uh, I was lucky enough to get to speak to her after she got off stage about what brought her down from Scotland to take part in Newcastle Drag Idol this year. Here's Genocide. I am always very anxious because it's going to go one of two ways. Either people are going to hate it or they're going to go, The fuck is that? I fucking love it! Yes! And I think that's pretty much what we had today. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit, halfway through your performance, I just started watching Penny T. Simply because her reactions throughout were just like, I turned she around. was shocked. She was I turned around, saw that she was just like, what is happening? That's why I went and decided to choose her as like a little bit of a victim, just to kind of freak her out a bit more. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was brilliant. And the Max. fact of, like you were saying, it could have gone either way. Yeah. It could have been the judges being like, oh, that was horrible, we hated it. However, they didn't. They were just like, wow, that was unique, <laughs> that was new. And live vocals as yeah. well. I mean, I've been doing screamo vocals for like 10 years now. I've been doing it in drag for just over a year. Yeah. So my very first time doing it was in Dundee. And I did a whole five minute long song of NMN's uh, Love The Way You Lie, which is singing and screamo, and I did it all in a one which was so breathtaking. But then from that, I just built up on it, 
done it more in Edinburgh. Edinburgh's more of an accepting scene for it. Yeah. They're very open-minded. And from there, I decided, okay, I'll build up it more and more and more. And then I thought, let's do something in Newcastle because let's fuck up a wee bit. That's it. I mean, it's wonderful because we've got you and Anita yeah. coming down from Scotland purely for this competition. Yeah, it's great fun. I mean, I found out from it from Anita, because she's friends with Katana. So started finding out about all that when I was like, okay, because in Glasgow, especially some of the drag competitions are rigged, yeah. which is really unfortunate, if especially if you're an alternative performer. And I mean, I did one last year in Edinburgh that is very non-biased, which is great. Yeah. Got kicked out the second week because my mix was a bit shit, to be honest. Okay, yeah. It was horror themed. I don't watch horror films. I was pretty fucked from the beginning. I think people would be surprised to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't watch horror. Well, I prefer comedies and thrillers. Horror is because I have anxiety and paranoia. It makes it feel like it's really real. So I decided to not watch it at all. But if I have to, I'll watch clips in the daytime yeah. so that my brain's forgotten about it by the time I go to sleep. But I wanted to do something that nobody was expecting and then also put a bit of cap onto it. Yeah. So I had the stock puppet of, the, <laughs> of Drew Barrymore's character yeah. and I made that myself. I made the knife myself and I made the mask myself. And I, I try and do everything a bit, I do my props all myself. Yeah. And then if I, if hopefully, hopefully I come back next week or <laughs> the other weeks, I'm hoping to bring in my own prosthetics so I make my own prosthetics for my face. Yeah. So, kind of a bit more scare. Next up was Anita herself, a Scottish queen that I'm very fond of, but embarrassingly have never seen perform before. Uh, she came out mysteriously cloaked before treating us all to a wonderful reveal into a Wonder Woman outfit. And can I just say, those legs. Oof. I don't know what they're putting in the water in Scotland, but fucking bottle it and let us have it before they gain independence. Uh, I got to speak to Anita after she'd been on to ask her how she was feeling uh, about performing in Drag Idol. So Anita, wow, what a oh. great performance. Thank you. How do you feel? Um, dazed and confused. <laughs> I, I mean, about the performance, not um, uh, there was, I didn't have any mistakes, I did what I came to do and everyone seemed to love it and so I, I, can't, I can't fault myself because everything I planned to do I did and I guess I get my nails on. I like the use of props, yeah. you know I love the shield like that. My little stone shield. <laughs> You've managed to make Wonder Woman gayer, that's, that's impressive. That's, that's worth the win by itself. <laughs> Like, you know, seeing last week and this week, like, who are you worried about? Um, so now that, now that we find out who we go through, who goes through to the, the official competition, um, Rex, um, I think Karma's one to watch, Tony, who um, had the white malfunction week one. Tony the Doll. Tony the Doll. Um, she's very fierce. There's one, one mistake I don't think she'll make again, and I don't think she's one to... But I think you know, it worked in her favour. Yeah. I think that maybe if that wig malfunction hadn't worked, the routine wouldn't have been received as well. Like it, well, she it has become the meme. She has become this year's meme so far. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess I've done it. Um, obviously, uh, Claudia and Tess from this week. Um, also, of course, we've got the wild card, Miss Jasmine Deck. How could we forget? 
Anything could happen with that. They're just gonna give her the crown next week. Yeah, they're just, gonna be like, go honestly, home, I'm, I'm just gonna go home. Like, <laughs> give Jasmine take the one. Now, the interesting thing is, that, you know, obviously I know you through local Queen Katana, yes. but yes. you're from Scotland. Yes, I am. Um, you're traveling down. Are you uh-huh. traveling down every week for um, the competition? Um, so basically, I'm, go- I'm doing the competition, then I'm going back home and doing my my, my usual boy work. Yeah. Making that coin and then coming back down doing like rehearsals. I guess if I get through, something goes across. Her touch wood. From an outside perspective, um, it has been one of the uh, one of my favourite things to watch online. Um, I started watching 2018 when Gladys won won her year, um, and I instantly just became this crazy fan girl. And um, God bless Ivy took me down and introduced me to people, and I was I met Tragedy, and I was like fucking. <laughs> oh my god, it's tragedy, oh, I mean, you're, like, oh, you're on the TV, but it was YouTube. Yeah, so I became this basically this big fangirl from watching it, and then 2019 came and I, I thought about it, and then I was like, no, I'm not, I'll do it next year, I'll do it next year, and then here I am this year. Uh, so basically, I just crazy loving it from YouTube. Oh, well, I'm fairly sure you'll get through for the next round. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much, Anita. Sorry? Thank you so much, Anita. Oh, thank you. <laughs> What he says, thank you so much, I need it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the nice one. Overall, it was an incredibly camp performance. Uh, She used the stage well and she knew what the judges liked. Even lassoing uh, Penny T as part of a mind reading gag. It ended in what I think was our first strip death drop of the night and high praise from the judges who loved the story and track editing. Personally, I, I actually felt a bit weird about this one. Uh, Anita oozed confidence so much though that, you know, I was absolutely not surprised by how good the routine was. Uh, But compared to the shock of how unexpectedly good uh, performers Tess, Frida and Sissy were, I kind of just thought, oh well, that's Anita, through to week three I guess. Uh, Yeah, it's odd how that works. Our final contestant of the night, and the final new performer we'll get to see in the competition, was Crystal P. Enigma. Uh, I knew nothing about this queen before she went on. Uh, Stepping out with wild hair and a lab coat, uh, the comedy throughout this performance was really good. There was an early reveal to a tight-fitting rubber leotard or PVC leotard or something, uh, and a lot of great dance moves and stage coordination. I wasn't totally sure what the story was and the track was really eclectic. I remember there being some Gaga in there, I think, and lots of TV quotes. Uh, It could have done with maybe less, but I don't know, maybe that's her style. After the show was over, the judges got down to the tough task of uh, deliberating on who gets through to the next round from both week one and week two. So I got to speak to some of the audience to ask them who their favorite performer of the night was. Here's what they had to say. Tesco. I have a top three. Um, it was Miss Tesco, Scarlett Hohanson, and Tragedy. I thought they were really good. They were like my favourite. Uh, Miss Tesco. Claudia. Uh, Claudia. I really like like Claudia. She's she's a nice person, but also she's funny. You know what yeah. I mean? And there's certain things that make you a good performer, and like connecting with your audience is one of them. And she absolutely did. You know. Yeah. Everyone knows Claudia. Whenever Gloria plays, it's Claudia. Tragedy did one about being a hoe and Daddy's little slut, and like the way the costume reveal worked was everything. And Scarlett Hansen with the nun outfit, losing her heart to heart to break with Kim Petras, and then changing it was like a genius idea. Was she genocide? The last genocide. one. Genocide. Yeah. Like genocide. Yeah. Yes, you're quite fabulous. Scary, and I liked it. <laughs> yeah. 
quite scared. I didn't know what was going on, and I was like, the entire time I was just so shocked. It was so good. Were you watching Miss Penny's face? Yeah. That was the highlight yeah. for me. She yeah. was sitting there being Everyone like... Everyone was so like frightened, and I was just like, yes, jamming to it. Like, oh, I didn't expect anything like that to like happen. Yeah. I didn't think that there was like acts like that, but I was just, it was so nice. We were like, we were really sad. Mosh pit. <laughs> And were there any that people particularly disliked from the night? I think they were very harsh on the first contestant. I felt really sorry for her. And I think the first act was, she was great. I feel like she had a great energy. My only issue was the wig kept going in front of her mouth so you couldn't see the face. Yeah. And I feel like for drag, it's all about the emotion, what you put through. You can't do a three minute number with the same song. You need to change it up. The one in the like PVC skirt. Yeah. I don't think she'll get there. What, no. what was it about the routine? I think it wasn't like flashy enough. I like, just can't remember it as much as the others. Know. Like I can't remember what song she did. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Okay, now I have to give you a spoiler warning in case you don't want to know what the results of the judges' deliberations were. I'm going to be honest, there was a lot of surprises and a fair bit of disappointment uh, at which contestants sadly didn't make it through to the main competition. Week one, the top three Rex Uranus, Karma Valentine and Chernobyl got through, along with Tony the Doll, uh, wig malfunction, uh, Jasmine Dick, hmm, and Franny who did the Phoenixy routine at the end. Uh, they made it through from week one. Um, uh, this week's we had the winner, the overall winner, Tesco should have guessed it, uh, Anita Claudia Gabor, Scarlett Johansson, Genocide, Roxy Tricks, Tragedy, Frida and Crystal Enigma. There was a heavy focus on week two performers there um, and there's a lot of queens that from week one that were sadly overshadowed. There were two noticeable absences uh, getting through in the competition. From week one we had Bio King Max Ismo and week two returning queen Sissy Flew. Uh, I managed to speak to each of them outside the venue and ask them how they felt. I'm, I'm in sad. I had put a lot of effort in uh, to try and prepare stuff, but I mean, this competition you can't really prepare. And things went wrong in my first week, and it's heartbreaking that I won't be able to show them what I can do, because, mm. uh, you know, without the wardrobe malfunctions. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, you know, like the, the fact is, when I was interviewing people last week, there was a lot of love for you, there was a lot of mention of you and whatnot, so I was admittedly very confident that, you know, I, we a would lot of see people more said of you. that. Um, but clearly this week has been very strong, admittedly, um, and I, I, you know, wish them the best of luck. I do think that, you know, there was performances this week that I was like, fucking yes, go on, yes. Whereas last week it was like, oh yeah, that was good. And I think I shone last week because it was generally a lower caliber. Whereas if I was maybe performing this week, I, you know, I'm not saying that I think it's an unfair judgment. I, a bunch of shit went wrong. Um, and it's annoying that I won't be able to show them more. Now, I might as well use this as an opportunity to plug yes, everything that yes, I do. Yes, plug it. You know. uh, I am a writer, and I am doing this as a sort of experience for a show that I'm working on about toxic masculinity. Um, yep. <laughs> um, and I have a show on in May called My Mental Breakdown, the musical. Um, and I'm, yeah, I, I'm using a lot of my like, writing things to write little scenes that I wanted to do as drag idols, to have all these ideas and stuff that I wanted to put forward and well currently uh, my theatre company is called We Are Kingdom you can find us on We Are Kingdom X at We Are Kingdom X anywhere mm. um, or Maxismo on Instagram if you want to follow my more drag specific stuff yeah. um, but We Are Kingdom is all so we're going to rehearsals 
next in two weeks' time. Uh, it's, and then we're going on a national tour. It's, it's all very exciting. And probably, logistically, it's good that I'm kicked out because I really do not have time to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um, fair. Like, I was willing to make it work, but honestly, it's kind of like a relief that I'm not going to be having to prepare a whole performance in a week as well as produce a touring theatre show. I can hear Rex. I can hear Rex. <laughs> Here I am with the wonderful Sissy Flu. Hi, darling. What an amazing performance tonight. Thank Backing dancers, everything. Yeah, she tried. She tried to pull out all the stops. Wasn't enough, obviously, but... It's... Uh, I, Sad it, but true. It's one of those scary things. I mean, I had you down as a certainty of getting through after that performance. Well, like I said, though, a part of me is miserable that I, obviously I didn't make it. I wanted, I had plans. I've literally got seven weeks' worth of routines ready. Mm. I've got costumes laid out. I've got everything ready. But we haven't seen the last of you, have we, Sissy? Oh, no, definitely not. Mm. I'm out. I'm campaigning. Anybody that's got any gigs, get me on your stage. I need out there. I'm... I'm ready, I've prepped yeah. for everything. I took a year to get my brain ready to be on stage. And I need a stage, I'm ready. Well, you heard it, you heard the audience cheering for you. It was the, you know, you've got people on your side. Yeah. You I know. heard many people afterwards come out and there's been lots of, yeah. while well, I was sitting having cigarettes before, there's lots of people walked up and said, I'm devastated you didn't make it, you should have got through, can't believe it, and things like that. So it's been amazing, even though I didn't get through, to hear the support of just the people. Like walking past. Are there any links you'd like to promote or where we can see more of you? You can find me on Sissy Flu and Sissy and Blondie on Instagram and search Sissy and Blondie on YouTube and my videos are all over there. And Sissy Flu on Facebook and hopefully more to come very soon, more performances, more content for YouTube, Definitely. more, more, more. Now I managed to get to speak to one of the judges, uh, Miss Ophelia Balls, just to ask her about how she feels the competition's going and how it was making that tough call. So what did you think of the competition tonight? Bloody hard, it was excellent. The talent on this week was just phenomenal. And unfortunately, it's sad to say that I think last week was like a trial run for this week. You know, we only had like three or four really like standouts last week. And this week we had a lot more. And we had to decide to get down to 14 stroke 15. But we had to do fine lines and say, well, yes, but they didn't do that. And yes, but they done that. So we've tried to give a cross section of people that have come in with four queens and, uh, and, and butch queens. And, you know, so we've tried to do it yeah. fair like that as well. And taking into account how people have edited their tracks, how people have maybe just done one number, what the crowd reactions was like as well. We've had to take that into account. So it's been blinking hard. Compared to previous years, is it getting harder? Um, I would say yes, it is because we're. I mean, we've had nearly 26 or 27 people in this competition this year, and it's that's marvellous, really, isn't it? You know, look at what what other competition wants to do. That is it because drag is current you know everyone mm. wants to be dressing up everyone wants to become a queen of some sort everybody wants to be doing a performance and I think it is and this is an ideal platform to do it as long as people aren't disappointed if they may be not successful you know and they take it on the chin and say okay yeah fine maybe I wasn't as good as that person so I have to up my game yeah. you know and I think that's only fair now before I let you get back to your daily routine one contestant that did get through and that a few people might be surprised at was the hilarious Jasmine Dick I managed to catch up with her, and here's what she had to say. Just how do you feel about what's happened this week? Absolutely 
surprise I got food. I was having doubts, thinking I'm not going to get food. I'm not going to get food. But is it a relief? Is it? Uh, yes, it's a relief. A leaf when you're coming. Oh. <laughs> How are you feeling about ne- uh, next week? Like. Uh, well, I have to up my game because what I saw the well part two of week one the contestants were like very good so I've got literally up my game next week I got a few ideas but (laughs) yeah I'm still actually (laughs) we'll leave it there I've got a few ideas yes (laughs) probably plenty of dildos and spunk (laughs) (laughs) wow you're welcome and that's your lot a very long episode today Uh, and while i did manage to speak to a lot more people i'm afraid i have to save those interviews for another time so sorry that anyone i spoke to didn't get through Uh, i'm the velvet snatch and you can find me on facebook and instagram Uh, follow bad wear day uh, for all your merchandise needs and if you're a fan of rupaul's drag race keep your ears peeled for the new billy's girls podcast coming this way on this very channel i believe uh, where amazing local queens Theresa may travesty and gladys duffy talk you through the upcoming season 12 of the u.s drag race also you can join me and Theresa physically at a central bar in newcastle from 7 p.m on sunday for her night snatched a drag idol warm-up night and then we'll see you at 9 30 at powerhouse for week three of drag idol 2020 Let's see what happens. Thanks for listening.